Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. And when they don't kind of like find their way out, they um, they can do way more harm to us than if we actually just allow them to, to be and sit yeah. with them. Happy Tuesday, lovely people, my favorite day of the week. Now, we, you've just heard me have a mini riff on today's topic, which is the comfort crisis. And we're going to answer this question, is our endless search for comfort helping us or is it possibly hindering us and stopping us from being the people that we want to be? Now, we're going to go down some avenues you don't expect. So buckle up. It was a great chat. We got loads from it. And uh, yeah, we know you will as well. So uh, it's a super exciting episode. Now, stay with me for just one minute. If you don't know, we run this amazing group called the Stay Stop Solution. Now, we've just wrapped up our first group and there was so much love and community and, and people have had such profound insights in there which is just so heartwarming for me and Ellie to see because we've poured the heart and soul of the present and sober podcast into that program so the next group is going to launch it's going to run from July August September for 12 weeks and the so effectively you can join now if you want to so if you in the link in the show notes you'll find a link to the information page and on there you can sign up you can have a good read through about what it is that we're up to and it's still on early bird pricing, right? The week that this podcast is released, it's still on early bird pricing. Now, we sold out before the end of that pricing last time around, which was just unbelievable. Um, so if it's something that you're super excited about, go and get yourself signed up. Anyone who's on the wait list or anybody who's uh, in the Facebook group already know about it. So a good few spots have already gone. Um, and yeah, come and get some support through the summer for, for, the, for a time of year, which can often be a bit worrying for some people, thinking about summer and possible triggers. You know, we'll help you. We'll guide you through that time so that you've got support and a community to to help take you through that and turn it into this wonderful joyous expression what could be better than living a present and sober summer full of love and joy here's a few words from someone who uh, who went through our first group so this class helps you uncover the powerhouse of well-being and peace that we all have inside of us learning how to access that despite whatever life throws your way is a total game changer you can actually learn how to heal yourself from within of course no one can do this for you but with the content and the compassionate, fun-filled guides of Sam and Ellie leading the way, you can find your way home to well-being and inner peace. Give yourself the love and care you deserve and gift this class to yourself. If you're even a little bit, even the littlest bit interested, send me an email. Come and get signed up. We're so, so excited to rock our first official Stay Stopped Solution group. Okay, team. See you on the podcast. got a little gift for sam to start off with you need to subscribe on youtube to be able to see that and this (laughs) hello everybody hello uh sam has been very rude to me today he's called me a froggy and um, (laughs) hang on a minute i said what who's who's doing the intro who's doing the intro wait (laughs) wait your turn okay right anyway is is it like being in court order 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 yeah objection You've, you've done that totally out of context. Yeah, no, but it's kind of interesting for hooking people into YouTube, Patreon. Have we got Patreon yet? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know when this is going to air. Sam's shaking his head at me. He, he wishes he hadn't asked me to do the intro now. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Don't you? 
Ah, anyway, so today we are talking about something that we all don't like. We all don't like to be uncomfortable, do we? No, because it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. And uh, who would like to live a life? I'm just looking at a lovely little blackbird outside. Oh, it's very cute. Um, sorry, I got totally distracted, but I can't, I'm not sure if he's in trouble. I might have to go and save the blackbird. He's, he's doing this. <sighs> anyway, yeah. Well, he's, he's like going, he's got his little beak up and he's going, I don't know, he's doing this right. I th- I Your think blackbird impression is unbelievable. <laughs> Also, need to subscribe on YouTube to see that. Uh, what was I saying? We don't like being uncomfortable because it feels bad. But um, you may, like, hands up if you'd like to live a life that is devoid of discomfort. Lots of people will probably put their hands up. And uh, you can't have that. So, spoiler alert, you can't, you can't have a life where you are not going to feel uncomfortable. And discomfort has lots of great benefits to it and there's lots of good reasons why we why we feel discomfort so we wanted to talk about it on this episode because it's such a big part of the human experience and we have a way a different way of looking at it that you might enjoy and it might ironically provide you with some relief from your discomfort yeah and you may end up realizing that it's uh yeah discomfort you know, this, this judgment that we lay on it, like, oh, I, I want to feel comfortable. I don't want to feel discomfort. Discomfort is bad. Let's, let's, we'll come back to that. We'll come full circle on that and see how we feel at the end. Won't we? Right, little froggy. Won't let's we? jump onto our first, Ribbit. onto our first lily pad for anyone who was wondering what on earth Ellie was about. I was just being nice and saying that we were deciding what our lily pads were to, to go through the podcast. And I do quite like being a little froggy. There you go. I was, I was doing lots of squats this morning, so I was in sort of a froggy in, position. In frog pose. Froggy, yeah. That <laughs> nearly went the same way as our Patreon episode <laughs> where it got really, really rude. <laughs> so oh, good. God. Um, right. So effectively, the comfort <laughs> crisis, that's kind of what we're talking about. Although Ellie was supposed to do an intro and it's taken nearly 10 minutes for her to, to get round to the title of the podcast. So I think... Um, That's me rolling my eyes for the people that can't see because they're not on YouTube yet. <laughs> you can't like YouTube, <laughs> like, uh, like uh, I don't know, just constantly saying YouTube. Well, people, people like YouTube because they get to see me nearly spitting out my tea at you. That was quite funny, to be that fair. That was quite funny. It would have been better if you had you actually done that. <laughs> I did I do did that wouldn't. once in um I went to watch. So as most people will know, I'm a massive Alan Partridge fan. And a few years ago, when he released um, was it called Alpha Papa? His yeah. um film. his film. And I was at the cinema watching it with some friends, and I took a massive slurp of whatever I was drinking, and it was that end scene where he's laying there and there's a seagull and um and I just, I completely lost it. And I actually, I, I laughed out loud and sprayed the poor guy in front of me with whatever it was I was drinking. And I felt really, really bad. But it was just like this instant, it's just a reaction to partridge. Can't, can't, can't take an allergic reaction to partridge. For anyone who doesn't know, go, go, go YouTube Alan Partridge. And um, Aha! You'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll know what we're on about. So you, I feel like I'm going to have to keep you in lane today. The comfort crisis. 
You're making me you're making me uncomfortable good. right now. It's good for um, you. Come on then. What's the comfort crisis for anyone who might be thinking? What's the comfort crisis? Ah, oh, God, there's so many bloody facets to it. Ah, oh, where to start? Where to start? Should we start with we don't like to feel our feelings? And you mentioned judgment earlier on, and that that comes up a lot. We see that a lot with people that, and and, I've, and frankly, we've probably both done this ourselves. Like when you, you label and determine what emotions are. Oh, this one's good. Oh, this one's bad. Those are usually the, that's usually the terminology. And then we kind of have this misconception that we should just feel the good things and not feel the bad things. When in essence, I can't remember if you said this a minute ago, but it's all energy. It's, it's all just energy in the body. That's all it is. So it's neither one thing nor another. It's entirely neutral. The, the more accurate way of describing it would be how it feels in the body. And if you are in the position where you feel like you resist certain, in inverted commas, bad emotions, then a practice for you is to get to, to, to stop, um, you know, as soon as you feel that judgment coming, to just take a pause, take a breath. And just notice what's going on in the body. Simply that, nothing else. Just notice exactly what is going on in the body. Yeah, and it, and it's funny, you know, because I think some of it it might play out as good, bad. Some of it will be a lot of it. I think is very often subconscious. You know, our language doesn't help us. We have like positive and negative emotions are kind of like the language that's used, and yeah. the implied judgment is some of them are good and some of them are bad. And, you know, our society's kind of like loves the fact that it can try and sell you a bunch of shit that's going to make it so that you never have to feel discomfort. Right. So we can get to that. But ultimately, if you just notice when we're trying to push certain things away or trying to grasp onto onto nice feelings and actually the very often the whole like, oh, well, well, but what does that mean? What 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 is the experience of actually sitting with a feeling that's uncomfortable or something? It's like, well. It, it, it just means not doing anything. It means just knowing it's safe and breathing with it and staying with it. And you don't, and like, this can be a practice. It's not something you have to do for like ages and ages, but even just allowing yourself to experience a feeling for, you know, five or 10 minutes. Um, I'll, I'll share what I do every single morning in a minute, which, cause I, I found it really powerful in my life. Um, that, that can be amazing. That can be a really huge thing. And the moment we want to do something, that's often resistance in action and it'll be masked. It won't look like that. So your body might be like, oh, I'll go and make a tea or, or I'll have a drink or, you know, however these patterns play out, I'll have a cake or whatever, right? A way of kind of taking ourselves out or distracting ourselves. Um, well, actually, it's just just being courageous enough just just for a little while just to be with that thing and get really curious and sit with it in the body. Because um, often the moment we do that, the moment we allow them, they, they start to, to change and... Uh, a pattern I've noticed in my life is that I quite often wake up with feel it like energy in my body, feelings, right? And it's, it's I don't know, this is just something that quite often happens to me. And, and often what I, I sort of lie in bed and I sort of say, what is going on inside my body right now? And just to draw my attention to it so that I don't kind of like get up, 
run into the kitchen, make a tea. And like, I, I just ask myself that question. And if the answer is anxiety, it's anxiety. If the answer is I feel quite clear, I, then it's I feel quite clear. And I actually genuinely just allow myself to just sit there for just a minute or two and just get real with myself about what's actually going on in my body. Not as a judgment, just as a, an acceptance. And more often than not, what I find is even on those days where I feel a bit activated or like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of some energy going on in there. Um it, it quite quickly just kind of like dissipates or find its way through, but that, you know, that's not my goal. I'm not, um, I'm not doing it. So it goes, I'm doing it. So I'm aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause often I think we can just start the day with a real lack of awareness just through, through nothing other than not intending on being aware. Just that moment of intention around awareness can start mm-hmm. our day in a completely different way. Yeah, it can. It's it's interesting. I mean, th- this is something for everyone to try, right? When you wake up on a morning, see how long it is before you catch yourself. Because what will happen when you wake up on a morning, you'll start, like the other morning I woke up and I, I felt like I was in a bit of a haze because I was kind of, I, I was coming out of REM sleep. So this dream was really vivid and it was kind of, it's like the, the ether of it's still around. And so my mind started figuring out this dream and then it started getting into like, this is even before I've opened my eyes, like what I'm going to be doing in the day. And I was like, ah, caught it, caught it. Stop that right now. <laughs> so that taking that pause and that space for compassionate self-inquiry, just at the beginning of your day, it can change the trajectory of your day entirely it's just giving a bit of space for you to distance yourself from you know being just so caught up in the thoughts and the feelings that you can see them in a different way and you can start to see that you aren't those things because you're experiencing them you're looking at them you're feeling them and there's great, great power in that. Yeah, I'd say that's one of the things that has literally changed my life. Genuinely, just being curious about what's going on inside my body right now. Or like, what's what's here this morning? What's here with me? And and having a breath and sitting there with, this is before I meditate. So I'd do that. And then I, you know, would, would then go and meditate afterwards. Um, and I feel like sometimes just that, because there's there's a number of different ways that we can do this and checking in with ourselves throughout the day as well. You know, what, what's going on inside me right now? And, and just getting curious and noticing it. And often it may be like some feelings of stress or, or, or whatever it might be that have built up and, and, and just drawing our attention to them and being there with them and not making them mean anything, just sitting with them, mm. um, that they can they start to shift. Like I would, it was a really interesting experiment for anybody is that is for any uncomfortable feeling that comes your way is to just get really curious about it and actually genuinely sit with it. You know, you can label it. You can think about what kind of shape it would be, what kind of color it would be. You know, is it moving? Is it static? Like what, what's going on? Cause the moment you start just communing or communicating with a feeling as a feeling, not, as a feeling with layers of judgment and layers of story on top, mm. that feeling 
is free to just kind of find its own expression. Um, and yeah, and like Ellie said, you're not them. You're not the feeling, right? You can see it. You can feel it. So you can't be it because there's mm. that that it's just not possible that you could be the same thing. Yeah. So like, I think that that's probably one of the biggest parts, isn't it? Is the, the emotional part of the comfort crisis where we, we're either, we haven't been taught how to sit with our emotions. We're, we're often frightened that we can't handle them or that we, that they're attached to some deep seated beliefs that we may have, or some, some things that may have happened in our past and we don't want to open the box. So we just keep them down. We keep like pushing the beach ball underwater, as we often say, mm. um, and, you know, there's plenty of uh, aids out there to help you do that. There's all, there's all sorts of drugs and there's shopping and there's, you know, all these, all these different things that we can do to try and make ourselves feel better for a little bit just so that we don't have to, to go there. Mm. But actually, in the long term, those, those are the things that when they, don't, when, when they don't find their expression and when they don't kind of like find their way out, they... Um, they can do way more harm to us than if we actually just allow them to, to be and sit yeah. with them. Yeah. Because they get stuck and like the beach ball that takes so much energy to keep the beach ball under the water. And once you stop exerting that force, what happens? It, it comes up. So many of you will know, you know, I thought that I could outrun the, grief that I hadn't processed <clears throat> from the death of my father and a bunch of other stuff from my childhood. I thought I could outrun that. And I had, I had to learn that you can't, it, it, it doesn't go anywhere. So it just becomes a matter of, you know, when, when, <laughs> when do you become ready to try something else? Because I'd exhausted myself, you know, I, I got to the point of, you know, my, I don't like using the term rock bottom for this because it's not, it wasn't like a, you know, one moment. It was just, I was in so much pain. And at the time I wouldn't have necessarily even described it that way, but I, I would have certainly said something like, you know, I, I can't handle this. Like I, that, I had the belief of I'm not strong enough to deal with this stuff. I don't want but, to go there, that kind of. Yeah. 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 And, and the thing that whilst it is very confronting to know that the only way is through and that you need, it's a bit like my spider phobia, you need the exposure to it to be able to change it. The, the thing that is fucking wonderful to know is that it's highly effective. So whereas something like drink, drugs, food, shopping, unhealthy relationships, those things may feel like they provide some temporary relief. They, in the longer term, we know they certainly don't work and we can spend a lot of time and energy there. We can end up in all sorts of situations and have all sorts of, you know, ramifications and additional suffering, or you can go the other route, which is the route that we're pointing towards, which on the face of it is very confronting and, and is going to take some bravery and some courage, but what have you got to lose? Because if we're right and it works, 
then you live in a very, very different way. Yeah. And like, so the analogy, I think that's always really powerful here is, is that of the kind of the plaster or the band-aid for our American listeners. We don't, we don't really call them band-aids, do we? But um, if we keep, if we keep that, if we keep that wound (laughs) under the the plaster or the band-aid and it kind of stays there and it festers and it can get infected because it's not being given the time to heal. Right. Or we can go through the pain of actually airing that out for a short while and being there with it, but then it heals and it, becomes a scar and it becomes something that we can you know just it it changes it completely changes and um mm-hmm. like your way of taking it by the way we're not your way of taking off the band-aid there's there's loads of ways of doing it so for some people therapy can be the most amazing way of doing this for some people it's it's a way of um being able to in a safe space talk about things that they haven't brought to the surface yet often I think it's it's then about knowing when we've when we've actually got, when the healing process has happened and when when we can be courageous enough to move on from that. But that can be an amazing way of doing it. Body work, you know, working with some people like swear by Reiki, other people swear by yoga, some people swear by restorative yoga. There's all different types. Some people, for some people, it's coaching. We're all different. So for some of us, myself on my journey, it was very much about just learning that oh, I can actually be here with these feelings. I can actually with breath work and with. Uh, you know, for some people, it's plant medicine. For some people, it's, there's so many routes to, to feel. Mm. And feeling is healing. And um, I mm. think those routes often lead to a point where we realize, oh, I can, I can sit with this. I can be here with this. And uh, yeah, mm. like that's, that's it. And, and two things happen then. One you have the courage to face the next thing. And so life becomes more expansive as a result of it because you're not hiding and running away and resisting experiences in your life. And the other thing is that you release all of this tension from the past. And I have to fucking say like, that feels really fucking good, really good. You're no longer exerting that force, that energy to to push the beach ball under. And that, that creates space. Yeah, space to meet the present moment and feel things in the moment so you don't push those things down again. So, you know, you're a t- like, look, we're kids or we're teenagers and like, we can't forgive ourselves for this. You know, what, what could be more natural? We, we didn't know how to process things or go through. So we, so we push the beach ball down. But now, once we've gone through the experience of being with our feelings and, and giving ourselves grace for that. And by the way, we may have been burying these things for, for decades. So I think a lot of people, when they come to us, Ellie, they, they think this process is like going to be like a, an afternoon. <laughs> it's like, no, some of these things might, they might take a little while for them to find their flow. And that's okay. Um, they, they, they might, sorry to interrupt you. They might, but also I do think that there's opportunity to release things quite quickly too. No doubt. Um, and, and that, it's it is just so freeing when when all you know is suffering to then feel lightness to feel relief to feel possibility and potential like that that's incredible well yeah and i think it comes from once that's been released from your subconscious from the part that you know i like what michael singer says about this he kind of says the the subconscious isn't really as he sees it it's not uh 
it's like there's a, it's more the distinction is more there's a there's a load of stuff I don't mind looking at and there's a load of stuff I don't want to look at because it makes me uncomfortable. Well, once that stuff starts coming into the light, then the next time you go out into the world, you know, but essentially the subconscious is there to is there to kind of protect us, right? So if if we go into a scenario that reminds us reminds us of a past hurt, we're going to get a certain response to that. Now if <clears throat> as we process those past emotions and feelings and hurts, there's less stuff for the, for the stuff that we're processing in the moment to hit. So we can actually be there in the presence of grief or be there with sadness or discomfort, both emotional, physical, however it comes, um, pain and, and actually allow it in the moment and not innocently create more pain and layers of suffering. That's going to stay with us for longer than the initial experience. And that's, that's like that's how we find equanimity in times that are difficult in our life no matter how hard it gets i know we we also wanted to talk about the other side of the comfort crisis but i'm wondering whether this is a good a good opportunity to talk about why we're doing what we're currently doing yeah well i think i think what we could do we can do that and then we can we can do like a part two to this which is the so we've been, we've been effectively talking about the emotional side, but we mm. wanted to really like look at the physical elements of this as well. And and hey, there are there are many others that we won't have covered today, no doubt. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because you know anything anything that we run, um, including the Stay Stop Solution and the reasons that we put these podcasts together and the kind of discussions that we have on the Q and As, we we really want to create a space which helps people move through what we, what did I call them radical non-acts mm. so like we're in this kind of uh, people do a lot of radical acts out there you know jumping out of airplanes all these things that we would consider to be like you know ah oh, that's radical like how how did you do that kind of thing but actually there are a lot of things out there that are totally against the grain that are really radical and they're they're the they are either the the removal of something or stopping doing something so stopping drinking stopping numbing stopping mm. avoiding our free feelings for example and as we see it that is absolutely one of the cornerstones of but having the courage to do that is one of the cornerstones of living a truly present and sober life joyfully right um moving into the being not mm. not the doing of things but the how to be with discomfort how to be with our things how to be with pain mm. and not accidentally add layers of suffering to that right so that's a huge part of what we're doing in our programs, right? Mm, it is. It is. Because what ultimately what we want to be able to do is empower people with this new way of looking at things, this new way of attending to their own lives. Because often what happens is with something like with alcohol, something like alcohol people will stop drinking. They'll do something like the live alcohol experiment or they'll read Alcohol Explained or This Naked Mind or, you know, just decide to do Dry January, something like that. They'll take a break. They'll love how they feel. They'll love all of the benefits they're reaping from being alcohol-free, but then wonder how on earth do you sustain this? So I, I kind of like, I prefer this. I much prefer it over the hangovers and all of the difficulties I'm causing in my own life by imbibing and poison. But, you know, hell shit. I like, I, I don't want to deal with that thing that I know is 
in the box from my past. I don't, I just don't want to go there. I absolutely, I don't want to crack that open. And I've got a really stressful job, you know, how how am I going to deal with that? My relationship's not amazing at the minute. You know, how how am I going to cope with that? Kids are driving me crazy and worn out. How am I going to cope with that? You know, when and, and when we've used something, and it you know it doesn't have to be alcohol, but alcohol is a great example because seemingly we get that relief in the moment, and that that is the hook. And this is why part of the reason why alcohol is so addictive because when we when we're trying to excuse me if you can hear my tummy rumbling, you can tell what what time is it. Uh, when we when we are using alcohol as a means of of, of numbing of self medicating effectively, we it, it's going to become problematic much quicker and much sooner because nothing else is going to have the the same desired effect in the sh- in the very short term. Yeah, I mean, my pattern was it was so interesting to look back on it because I effectively would stop drinking for a few months at a time. I'd get kind of like that. I never use the term pink cloud. I guess some people might talk about that now, but like the pain of, of the drinking and the, and the binging and everything is, is really apparent. And then you stop and my yoga would get better and everything would, would start, start feeling good. Sorry, I'm still getting used to these braces, people. So I'm struggling with S's. Would start and stay stopped solution is a difficult one to say with these with these current teeth. Guess, guess who chose the name and why? Yeah, pre- previous to, uh, to retainers, yeah. Um, so I would, and everything would be amazing and great. And then what would happen is, I, so any of you who know my story, like it, since I was a teenager, you know, OCD and quite high levels of anxiety have always been there. So I'd feel this brilliant, lovely lift and lightness from the unnecessary of ang- anxiety of alcohol wearing off. But then I would kind of recalibrate back to where I was physiologically and mm-hmm. neurologically and emotionally. And there were kind of blocks and things that I hadn't looked at. So I would go out there into the world and certain things would remind me of my past. So just to give you a little bit of a window into that, I did, I had a fair bit to look at around. I just felt like the world was a bit hostile and unsafe because I spent two years of my life looking over my shoulder because I was worried I was going to get the shit kicked out of me when I was about 10, 11, 12. And it really fucked me up. It got to the point where I would have these crazy, like compulsive thoughts when I was out in crowds and things like that. And and so actually what was really interesting was over time, alcohol would start making sense again because I'd be like, oh, well, then I'd be able to do that thing and I could go into that environment. And and so then I would get to this point where I'd like talk, you know, almost like talk myself back into it again, mm-hmm. right? Six months down the line or three months down the line. Now, interestingly, with the skills of looking at those things and allowing them to flow and looking at the reality of why I thought the world was threatening and how I was really over you know but essentially just putting living through fear unconscious fear a lot of the time but in releasing that and having the courage to look at that and allowing allow it to flow then suddenly it just i didn't feel like that anymore and so it didn't make sense anymore and so for the long for the staying stopped part of the journey this emotional um the courage i think this is what a lot of people are talking about when they talk about emotional sobriety which is something we haven't spoken about too much on the podcast but this is definitely a large element of it is is actually being able to be there with our feelings and and allow them and and so yeah 
and and then it's really interesting that the moment I did that, the moment I really went through those processes over time and, and wrote about them and 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 sort of released those emotional blocks I had, it just I just have never looked back from that point on. And I would really love to pass that on, you know. And that's the the space that we're creating. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we've got one coming up very soon, but effectively that's what we're doing in, in, in there, right. In, in yeah. the stay stop solution that, that to us is the key around staying stopped. It's not really about alcohol. Yeah. It's about yeah. something else entirely. Yeah. It's this new level of coherency and that leads on to a much more soulful, wholehearted life because you're, you're just not afraid anymore. You're still going to feel fear. You know, you're still going to brush up well, against... Well, fear, fear is useful, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to brush up against the edges of your comfort zone and then that's going to be your signal for growth. And so you're going to want to edge into that. But you're not going to be terrified of feeling your feelings. You're not going to be trying to live a life devoid of, in inverted commas, negative emotion. Because mm. uh, it's, it, it's just it's not possible to to live a life where you curate all the experiences and they happen just the way that you want them to and if you're listening to this podcast in all likelihood that's what you've been trying to do and you're realizing it doesn't it doesn't work out that way if it did like it would be I was about to say it'd be a piece of piss like which is like <laughs> you know no problemo it, it it doesn't work that way and 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 it, and it without going off onto it, another tangent it doesn't work that way for a very good reason again we talk all about this in stay stop solution we blow the doors off like this is how it really works so if you want to understand how it really works and you want to understand how to live in a way that is soulful and peaceful and uh, easeful still going to feel challenging at times. You're still going to feel fear. You might feel some anxiety. You're going to feel a whole breadth of emotion, but you're not going to be afraid of any of it. And it's going to broaden your experience. You're going to be a greater person because of it. Your life will expand beyond any limitation, anything that you've put upon yourself, anything that, anything that you currently think is you know, beyond the realms of possibility. Your life will expand way beyond any of that. Yeah. This, is, this is all for the taking. And the thing that we do with the Stay Stop Solution is that we, we guide you along this path and we do that over three months. So it's a really nice time frame to work together. So it's paced really nicely. And you're doing it with people like you, people that have this same hunger for living in a different way that same deep inner knowing that there's a better way. I just don't know what it is yet. So if that feels, if you, you have that burning inside and you're not quite sure what the, the, the way is, but you're open to it and you know that there is a better way and you, you, you have you have that will. That's that's what's underneath it. There's this will. So it, in the middle of all of my pain and discomfort with drinking, there was still a will for. Like I remember sitting there thinking to myself, 
there has to be more to life than this. This can't be it because this is shit. <laughs> there are pockets of my life that I like. There are pockets of people in my life that I like, but this can't be it. Yeah. It's, um, sorry, go on. Sorry, that's not it. What, what life really is, is what I'm experiencing now. And that's open to you. That's entirely within your grasp and you're very, very close to it. And if you're listening to this and you're getting any kind of sense, any kind of like tingly feeling, then that, that, that's what you need to start listening to. Yeah. And we would just, we dearly love to be a, a, a guide, a guide along the way for you. Because ultimately, like this is all this is all stuff that like deep down inherently you know, and you've just got lost for a little while. Yeah, you got it. And whether whether you do this with us or whether you do it in your own way, you do it with someone else. Someone else. Like ultimately, this is the stuff that really, as I see it, really gets to the core of it. Like day counting days and time, like. Many of us listening, we might sense like, oh, I'm not sure that's it. Well, but but so what do I do instead then? If just racking up days isn't enough, if just kind of like hoping that this is going to sort itself out in the background and I just fix the behavior at the front end, what else do I do? Well, this this is it, right? Mm. And as we say, whether it's our, our way or another way, whatever it might be, looking in this direction, being courageous enough to do that, that's where, that's where the magic is. And um, it's through work like that that you can – you people can literally and i've seen it a lot come and within the space of a month or two do some deep work and be in places that people who come and uh, come and spoken to me after 10 15 20 years of being on the journey and they're like i i that's where i would love to be i'd love to be there and that's what's behind the other side of the courage is um i can remember just, just as a way of leaving this, Ellie, because you really made me think, you, you were saying something back there that really made me ping to a memory. I can remember being at uni ages ago now. I must have been like 21. And uh, I was really into the rave scene back then. So a lot of partying, a lot of like recreational drugs and all sorts of mad shit going on. And I can remember thinking to myself, like when I realized, ah, oh, this can't keep going. But I really, it was the only time where I kind of felt free of myself and like I was all, yes, all in this yeah. to try and like that I remember thinking then what if there were a way to feel this high on life without you know taking things that make you high like I and I, I, can't, I can remember talking to my pal because I was interested in meditation and I was dabbling in it more and more at the time and I had some experiences with it and I can remember saying you know I think there is man I think there is a way of doing this and I can happily report to anybody listening to this that Fuck me, like in the strangest way. It's, I mean, I'm so much more high in the most amazing way than I've ever been, all every day, um, without any repercussions. And yeah, it, it comes from the strangest of places. It comes from acknowledging that as humans, we're going to experience pain. And that's okay. And that's like I love what Michael Neal says: pain is uh pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Yeah. And the more I now I see that, that when pain comes, either physically or emotionally, I, I accept it and I'm there with it. But I, to the best of my ability, don't innocently add layers of suffering to it. And when I do, I notice. And then I, as you know, as soon as I can, I, I feel those layers and I, and I release those too. 
it's like those peak experiences I used to have in the middle of a crowd where I was hugging my mates and the, and the music's dropped and just like, ah, oh, like I have those all the time, like looking at a tree, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like out in the park in the morning, like that, that's what's available to any of us, whatever our version of, I just dearly love that to happen in my life. Like, oh, if only I could have all of that, like it, it's there. Like it, it's there for all of us. The the experience of living in the flow of that energy and, and truly allowing it to pour through who we are is just amazing. It's amazing. And like it, like we said, it doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean we're not going to experience pain, but we can be there for all of it and own it and love it. And yeah. So for anyone who is listening either. So if you're listening to this at the time it releases, we've got, stay stop solution launching soon so if you're even interested come get on the wait list and come and have a chat with us and come and come and listen to the lives that we're doing around it and if you're listening to this after the fact go check out when the next one is join the wait list and all that stuff and um we've poured our heart and soul into this right mate we um yeah. this is everything that we're about effectively it, it is it's very special that and, it, and and if you if you want to understand from like a, an insider's point of view what it's what it's really like, on the the link that we'll drop with the podcast, you can read at the bottom of the page. You can read the the, the thoughts, the feedback from the people that were in the first class. So you can read exactly like from the horse's mouth. What is it like? What is it like to be in this program? And yeah, we we have put our heart and soul into it. It's the it's really special. It's really, and, and that first class was exceptional. Like to have the, the people that, sh- that showed up for it, the community that they created, the shifts that they experienced, it, it, it was wonderful. And I'm thrilled that we can continue to make it bigger and bring it to more people. It's, you know, if, if, if you want a life that is, free of suffering so notice not as as per michael neil i'm not saying free of pain but free of suffering then you're going to want to get signed up you're going to want to get on it and we'll uh we'll be your i was about to say we'll be your trusty happy guides along the way yeah (laughs) uh it's 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 special it's a lot of fun it's, it's very different. It's really different. It's not your, if you're looking for a sober support group, then join our Facebook group, go and seek those kind of groups out. This, this isn't that this is very different. It's for people that want to look in that direction that we're pointing towards and want to understand more deeply how all of this works. So for the people that are that have that same questioning, that same curiosity that I had, there has to be more to life than this. That same curiosity that Sam had, hang on, what if you could get high on your own supply? (laughs) Yeah. Then this is for you. This is made for you and you're ready for it. And we'd love, love, love to see that. We would. Right team. Couldn't have put it better myself. Ellie Crow. Have a wonderful week wherever you are love you all we'll see you all soon and yeah what's love rip it rip it rip it hop off you
I'm so excited to release part two. What a, we, we loved having that conversation. It was one of our favorite ones to record ever. It was so much fun. Now, as I say, go check out that link. Go and look at all the things that we're going to be doing in the next Stay Stop Solution. Go and get yourself some support for the summer. Go and get it at the early bird price. And um, yeah, see you next week. Have a great week.